And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. All of this being brought to you by Silverback Sports at ShopSilverback.com. We are absolutely thrilled to be back with you after a week off. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez. You can follow me on Twitter at RobG1063. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the foremost authority on NAI baseball, Mr. Cody Butler himself. Man, Cody, what's going on today? How are you doing? Doing fantastic, Robbie. We took a week off, but I'm glad to be back. I think we have a pretty good show lined up. I am absolutely thrilled for the show that we have lined up this week. We're going to talk to LSUS head baseball coach Brent Lavalley. We're going to do our top 25 rundown midseason awards. We're going to pick a hitter, a fa- couple of favorites for hitter of the year, pitcher of the year, freshman of the year, introducing a new award there, as well as reliever of the year. We'll talk about surprises of the week. I'll tell you a little bit more about Silverback Sports. We'll talk about our NAI Ball podcast players of the week, the series that you need to be watching the Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. And we'll tell you about a special guest we're going to have on on next week's show. But first, let's get things kicked off as we always do. Shout-outs and mentions. We'll kick things off in Nebraska. Bellevue pitcher Jared Poe. Three straight shutouts. It's quite an accomplishment for him. I want to give a shout-out to the Masters. They have been on fire lately. They've won a ton of games. They have two of the best power hitters in the nation Anthony LaPree with 19 home runs. Aaron Shackelford with 18. I want to give a shout-out to Midland starting pitcher Andy Snook. He had an insane line we're going to tell you about a little bit later against Dort. Four no-hitters this weekend. One with USAO. Mount Marty had one. Waldorf had one. And USCB had one as well. So congratulations to those programs for the four no-hitters that they threw this weekend. Want to give a shout out to Chris Wall at Columbia College. 11 innings pitch, four hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts. And Taryn Olton at William Woods, 11 innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts. Both of those guys went 11 innings in an absolutely insane game between Columbia and William Woods. A shout out to Spring Arbor's Chris Allen. He had five extra base hits, five RBIs, seven runs this weekend. And guys, on a little bit of a serious note here, we, uh, we ask that you keep your thoughts and, and prayers with the IU South Bend baseball team, its coaches, its players, its fans, you know, families of Cooper Hake and, and Marty Ewing. You know, that's what happened there is is unfortunate. And I can't imagine how how Doug feels and and what their teammates feel like. And they went out there on Monday and had a finished a big sweep and so props to them for doing that you know they've they've done absolutely fantastic and that's a program that's on the up and up they're doing really well so I'm hoping that you know Cooper Hake and Marty Ewing come back perfectly fine everything a-okay want to give a shout out to TJ De Herrera eight hits three home runs 12 RBIs this weekend in a sweep of Judson so definitely want to you know if you can Whatever you want to do, positive vibes, good thoughts, send some prayers their way. They're good people over there. Cody, man, we had the opportunity to sit down and speak with LSUS head baseball coach Brent Lavalley on the Silverback Sports Hotline. 
I got to give a shout out to Cody because I had some technical difficulties on this interview. Cody did an awesome job in finishing it up for me. So right now we sit down, head baseball coach of the LSUS Pilots, Coach Brent LaValle. Joining us now on the NAI Ball Podcast, all the way from LSU Shreveport, the head baseball coach of the Pilots program, Coach Brent LaValle. Coach, man, how are you doing today? Oh, doing well out here. Thank you guys for having me, and thank you for all you're doing for NAI Baseball. Coach, we are thrilled to have you on the show. Of course, your third season as the head coach of the Pilots there in Shreveport, Louisiana, and you've got a really special player. I want you to tell me a little bit more about Taylor Fajardo. He's hitting 355 on the season. He's got 17 long balls in a program that's no stranger to hitting the ball over the fence, as well as 53 RBIs on the year. Tell me a little bit more about him. Taylor's just an incredible athlete. Uh, we've had him here for three years now. He had two freak season-ending injuries. Um, glad to see him on the field. Glad to see him having success. Uh, he's very steady in everything he does. And, uh, you know, he, he's just an incredible athlete, incredible person. Uh, bat speed is off the charts. The power is off the charts. Uh, he can run. It, it's just uh, he's complete package. We're, uh, we're just very excited that we've got him on the field this year. and. Uh, he's a major contributor and just so happy to see him having success. We've all been waiting to see him have. Coach, I want you to take me a little bit further back here. Take me back to 2009. You hit 18 home runs with 78 RBIs in your senior season. You know, what was that like for you? A lot of people don't might not know that you're an NAI guy yourself. Not only are you an NAI guy yourself, you're, you're also at the helm of your own program. Uh, you're an LSUS alum. Yeah, well, you didn't have to bring up that it's been 10 years since I finished playing. Um, doesn't seem that long ago, but uh, so I appreciate you bringing it up. That's, uh, you know, that was a fun season. Uh, unfortunately, I got overshadowed by uh, our All-American, Andrew Briette, who his numbers were just silly. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if his numbers will ever be touched all across the board. Taylor's doing a good job this year to challenge some of his totals, but that was a fun year. We had a good team. Uh Leadoff hitter broke the NAI record, if not college baseball record, for hit by pitches. Two hole, I think, had 20 plus doubles. Uh, Andrew Briette got all the fastballs hitting in front of me, so I think he hit 21, 21 jacks that year, and I got to pick up the slack uh, hitting in the four hole. So uh, that was fun. It was wonderful times getting to play for Coach Rocks. Uh, he was here forever, and and just very humbled to be able to to coach at the program where I played at and just knowing the tradition and the history and just everyone here associated with this school and this program. Um, some of the professors we have here still are from even before I came to school here. So just to see these people who, who have seen myself and my teammates and our alumni grow up and um, it's just, it's a special place to be now as a head coach and it just means a little bit more. Coach, tell me a little bit about, you know, the analytics in your program, what that all means to you, what it means for your program. And I mean, a lot of teams, not only at this level, but as well as in higher levels of baseball, aren't, they're not doing as much as LSUS does. Yeah. I mean, we're just trying to keep up with the times we're trying to advance. Uh, there's so much information out there that I just feel like we owe it to our players to continue to try to, be our best for them from a coaching staff standpoint. Uh, you know, there's been a kind of a movement in baseball right now that that's looking at the numbers more than the player. And, and we're definitely not trying to do that. 
but we are trying to use the information that's given to make our team better. Uh, that, that's basically the end of the story. I mean, if, if we can look at the numbers that are given and if they can be presented to us and we can sort through them, we can find what we want to build this team around. Uh, you know, for example, on the, on the mound, we want strikeouts. We want strikeouts, and, and basically that's what we're recruiting. Uh, doesn't mean they have to throw 95 miles an hour. You know, you can, you can get strikeouts at 82. It's just one of those things where we find that if a kid's having success at junior college and he's striking out a lot of hitters and our numbers are showing us that, we're going to continue to pursue that young man or, or, or kids like that. Um, we've hired a data analysis for next year to come be part of our, our graduate assistant program here. And I don't know if he'll ever get to campus, but he's already been a huge help for us pulling numbers, creating pitching reports, and it, it's amazing. We've just scratched the surface here. I have no idea what goes on at the next level in the professional ranks in terms of analytics, but there is no – it is not a surprise that baseball is trending towards where it's going with just the player development, and we're seeing players and, and teams do things more than they ever have. Uh, we're just trying to keep it up. Uh, our, our offensive training is terrific. Uh, we believe in hitting the ball hard, hitting it far, getting on base to score runs, uh, and then and then driving them in. In our program, we believe that first base is scoring position, especially in our ballpark. When you get on, you hit a gap, we're going to score. So we recruit kids who can score. Uh, we recruit pitchers that can strike batters out, and and we kind of go from there. Uh, we use we use a lot of implements. We use driveline weighted baseballs quite a bit. Not everyone in our program does, but we are very supportive of the guys who want to. We also use Rapsodo uh, pitching device to help track spin rate and help us shape the pitches and shape our arsenals. And that's something that I'm really excited about for next season, that we can take a step forward even a little bit more with some of the things we're introducing and continue to build arsenals along with arm strength, along with pitchability, and, uh, and really take these guys to the next level. I believe we have a bunch of professional players on our team that just because of the level we're at, don't get the, the exposure or the chances that they, they would at another level. And I think that with results of, of using Rapsodo and creating these pitch arsenals that we're going to get these guys the, the chances and the, the professional opportunities that they deserve. Uh, so we've, we've really started our advanced scouting, our advanced recruiting, and uh, with terms of, of using driveline to create a little bit more arm strength and repeatability and command and wrap Soto to build some pitching arsenals. I really, I really like the way our program's headed. Coach, you talked about the long ball a little while there. Where does the LSUS, I said it earlier, no stranger to that. Where does this team rank for you? I mean, you're having a fantastic season. You're 31 and eight. Where does this team rank for you amongst all the LSUS teams you've been around? Uh, myself personally, if I never have to see Jared Mortensen or Greg Friesen again, I'll be happy. But, you know, there's been some, unbelievable teams that have gone through Shreveport over the years? Well, offensively, I think this team's as good as we've ever had. Uh, our power through the lineup is it's there one through nine. And, and even the first couple guys off the bench, uh, that's a testament to our hitting philosophy, our hitting coaches, uh, what we do in the weight room. It's, it's really, uh, we're advancing in what we do offensively. Um, we've always had a good team. We've always hit for high average. Uh, I just think our caliber of player is improving, and that's a testament to the guys that were here before them, the coaches that were here before myself, the administration that's been here before me. They're allowing us to get better players, 
better players are wanting to come here because they see what it's doing for their careers. So uh, in terms of ranking it, I mean, that's still to be determined. We got some things we still need to improve upon in 2019. But when you talk about offense, this is, this is as good of a group as we've ever had. Um, I really like our pitching staff. I think our defense is, is very, very talented. Um, you start talking about the history of this team, Robbie. I mean, um, I think the best year we had initially, this is back in before my time, 2003 was kind of the coming out party for LSU Shreveport. Um, third place in the World Series that year. And those guys really on that team laid the groundwork for, for what was to come. Uh, and then in 2011, my first year coaching, and 2012, my second year, we went to the World Series both years. 2012, we finished third, number one team in the country going into the World Series that year and ran into a left-handed pitcher, Brandon Bargus, I believe was his name, and I don't really want to see him ever again, but I think he <laughs> struck out a World Series record that game. Uh, we just couldn't figure him out, and, and baseball is a hum, humbling game uh, because we thought we were something pretty pretty special until we ran into that young man. But uh, that 2012 team was special. We could hit it. Uh, we had three dudes on the mound that were 1A, 1B, and 1C, and uh, all three of them went on to play pro ball. Uh, that year, our knock was we probably didn't have as deep of a bullpen as we would have liked. Uh, that's where I think this year we're a little bit better in that term because we have some very good arms on the back end. Uh, we just need to put together some consistency. And I think we can we can – attain that same level as a pitching staff but my first two years coaching back in 11 and 12 or something special we've had good teams every year since uh, just for some reason or another just haven't been able to piece together those last two or three wins to get us to Lewiston um, and then I believe in 11 and 12 we ended up getting eliminated by the World Series champion so I guess if you're not going to win at all to lose to the team that does is uh, I guess the next best thing but this team's pretty pretty comparable to the uh, 03, 11, and 12 teams that were all World Series contenders. So hopefully we can follow suit this year. 2012 was, was an absolutely incredible year for y'all. I mean, that was my first year in, in AI baseball, and it was um, – that was something else. Uh, I felt like every time uh, Greg Friesen came up to bat, he hit the ball over the fence against us. You know, he just had so much power, and, and Jared Mortensen was, was absolutely fantastic. And, and I remember that was – the first time I felt on the road like we were in a hostile environment and it was a tough place to play. And, and that, you know, Shreveport and Pilot Field has become one of my favorite places to go to and one of my favorite places to catch a ball game at just because there's an atmosphere. You have parents that are out there and they're cooking and, and, you know, they're tailgating and they're, they enjoy their pilot baseball. And that's a really cool atmosphere you know, that that's been there and that you had under Rocky and that you've got as well for yourself now and so, I mean, do you feel like when you're at home, there's a little bit of an of an advantage for y'all? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say an advantage. You're definitely comfortable when you're at home. Uh, it's funny, last year we were much better on the road than we were at home. We couldn't wait to get on the road. And this year is kind of the opposite. We've, we've performed a lot better at home uh, than we have on the road so far. We're looking to turn that around this weekend. But, yeah, definitely at home. Our families and our, our supporters are terrific. Uh, we can't thank them enough for what they do. We've got grandparents that still come out where their their grandsons used to play here 10, 15 years ago. We've got supporters that have no no affiliation in sense of family to our program. They've just seen us play over the years and like the product we put out there. I think the language that comes from our field and our dugout especially is family friendly. I have a six-year-old son, and, and he's around the dugout all the time, and 
it's uh, very important that we keep it a family-friendly atmosphere. Uh, like you said, the tailgating, we've had some great supporters in the past. Our alumni, they do a good job. We're hoping for a stronger push here towards the end of the year from some of them. But, uh, no, our support is great. We'd love to get the student body out a little bit more, but that is what it is. And, and we just like playing in front of our families and friends and, and the people that enjoy watching our pilot brand of baseball. Coach, talk to us about Our Lady of the Lake this weekend. Well, they're statistically they're pretty good. Their uh, their pitching staff all has some pretty good numbers, and they've swept some good teams. They beat LSU a three games in a, in a well three game sweep in one of their series earlier in the year. So uh, this is number one versus number two at the current moment, and I think they've got a good team. Coach Ogney down there used to be at UT Brownsville. I know him from earlier in the Red River, and uh, his team plays hard. They play good baseball. Ninety feet is at a premium uh, every pitch and every inning. So. Uh, it, it's by no means going to be an easy series, and uh, we're looking to go down there. Our guys are ready to go. We've got a bit of a bad taste in our mouth after the last game we played last weekend. So just excited to get on the road and, and compete with these guys. I, I really think that our team really pulls for each other a lot more than they pull for themselves individually. So that's uh, that's a great thing when you get on the road and it's just you, you against the home team and uh, you're unfamiliar with your surroundings. We're really looking forward to getting out there and expecting uh, expecting some tight ball games. And wind's going to be blowing in, and that's not really our mo. But uh, we've got to make some adjustments. We've been preparing for that all week and uh, looking for some good competition all weekend long. Absolutely, coach. It should be an outstanding series. Y'all are on to a special season. This is a big time conference matchup. You get to travel to Texas. Like you said, it's big for team bonding. We really appreciate you jumping on today, coach. Thank you so much for joining the NAI Ball. Thank you, guys, and thank you for all that you do for our players. Once again, thank you to head coach Brent LaValle for sitting down with Cody and I, talking more about his program. Always interesting to learn about the programs all around the nation. All of that brought to you by the Silverback Sports Hotline. Moving on down to our Top 25 rundown, let's take a look at this week's Top 25 poll. It's poll number three of the season. It came out on April 2nd. Let's take a look at our top five. The number one team in the nation, well, stays the same unanimously. Southeastern University received all 18 number one votes. They're 34 and four on the year. Faulkner stays in the number two spot. They are 30 and eight on the year. Tennessee Wesleyan moves up from six to three. They are 30 and six on this season. Georgia Gwinnett re-enters the top five. They are the number four team in the nation at 28-8. and eight. Oklahoma City stays at the five spot. They are 30-6 and six on the year. A couple of teams who are moving up and down in the polls. Cumberland's enters the top 10. They move up from the number 11 spot into the number seven spot. The team out of Kentucky is 30-5 and five on the season. USAO into the top 10 from the 12 spot. They are 28-6 and six for the Drovers. Vanguard with a huge jump this week. They go from 23 to 14. So the team out of California, 26 and 10 on the year. Westmont moves back from the three spot to the 18 spot. They are 24 and nine. Warner up from the 21 spot inside of the top 20 at number 19 at 29 and 13 this season. Truett McConnell goes from unranked to the number 20 spot. Truett McConnell, 21 and nine. Indiana Tech falls back from 16 to 22 at 16 and 10. This season, the Masters goes from unranked to the 23rd spot, 23 and 9 for the Mustangs. And Brian falls back from the 14th spot to 24 at 22 and 11. Falling out of the top 25, Taylor out of Indiana and Mobile out of Alabama. Cody, man, give me some thoughts on this top 25. 
what really kind of jumped out to you? What surprised you? Well, credit to Truett McConnell. They've been playing really well all year, and they received their first ever top 25 ranking. And I want to give credit to Central Methodist. They've been playing really well. Huge sweep over Benedictine. They're 12-1 and in conference. Benedictine's a really good offensive team, and Central Methodist shut them down. Really good pitching staff. They've been missing bats lately. Central Methodist sitting currently at the 13th spot. Shout out to them. So that's our top 25 rundown for myself. The biggest jumps, I mean, Drew McConnell jumping into the top 20. We're going to talk a little bit more about them later in the show, but going from unranked inside of the top 20, Vanguard, just when it looked like Vanguard was going to fall out, they make a huge move from 23 to 14. They have been on fire lately. Cannot figure out how that GSAC conference works. The Masters jumping in as well with the Bash brothers. I mean, probably the best two power hitters in the nation in Shackelford and Laprie. So definitely some interesting movement. I, I think uh, IU Southeast has a good opportunity to jump in there as well as Rio Grande. Tabor still waiting for their opportunity. And there's a bunch of teams. I mean, William Penn's played some good baseball this year. So the ton of teams deserving of it, but all in all, a pretty good top 25. Moving on to our midseason awards list. This is a list of guys that really have made an impact for their teams this year. Last year, we gave out our hitter of the year and our pitcher of the year. This year, we've added two brand new categories. We've added a freshman of the year and reliever of the year. So this list is not definitive. This is not the list that'll be announced as our hitter of the year or pitcher of the year. You don't have to be on this list to be announced as that player. But midseason, with about two months left to play with postseason baseball, these are the guys that we're keeping an eye on the most. So let's get into it. Let's start things out with the guys on our hitters list. Anthony Laprie, you have to start out with him. 19 home runs on the season. He's an absolute monster for the Masters. Michael Slayton out of Benedictine in Kansas. He's hitting 481. He's got 11 home runs in 20 games. Austin Soka out of Oklahoma Wesleyan. 518 average. 58 hits for him. Struck out nine times in 112 at-bats. Willie Carter, Weber International. 16 home runs on the season for him, 63 hits overall. And then Taylor Fajardo, LSU Shreveport, hitting 355 with 17 long balls. Cody, man, tell me a little bit more about the guy you wanted to highlight on this list. You know, I think you can't give enough credit to Oklahoma Wesleyan shortstop Austin Soka. I mean, like you said, he's just been incredible. He's hitting 518, 13 doubles, 12 home runs, 29 RBIs. I mean, he did it last year. He's doing it again this season. Just an incredible player. And when you think of the top hitters in the country, Soka has to come to mind. I got to give a shout here to uh, Anthony Laprie at the Masters, hitting 438 with 56 hits, eight doubles, 19 home runs, 55 RBIs. The power has been there. And you would think, well, they'll pitch around him. They have to pitch to him because they've got Shackelford in that lineup as well. And so he's been the most prolific power hitter in the nation so far this season. And it's really showed for the Masters. Uh, so Anthony Laprie is the guy I wanted to highlight. Now we'll move on to our pitchers. Our first pitcher is a guy that, if you haven't heard his name, you're not a fan of the podcast, you don't listen to the podcast. It's Bryce Milligan at OCU. A 1.58 ERA and a 7-1 and record, averaging 12.4 strikeouts per nine innings pitch. Our next pitcher is Daniel Delinsky out of Reinhardt. A 1-1-7 ERA, a 4-0 record, 68 strikeouts, 11.3 strikeout per nine. The next guy we want to highlight, Eddie Tavares Cabrera out of Peru State. He's got a 3-1 ADRA, but get this, guys. 
he's only pitched 39 and two-thirds innings, 73 strikeouts, 16.7K per nine. That's the tops in the nation. Shout out to Ray Diaz over at Marymount, California. 126 ERA, 57 and a third innings pitch, 87 strikeouts, 13.7K per nine. Matt Burleton at Marion having a fantastic season, a 150 ERA, 48 innings pitch, opponents hitting just 157 off of him. And then back to the Sooner Athletic Conference for Colton Williams out of USAO, 154 ERA, undefeated 8 no record, 52 and two-thirds innings pitch, a 13.3K per nine. Cody, man, you had some more on Ray Diaz. Yeah, I mean, Ray Diaz has just been spectacular all season. The strikeouts are there, 87 strikeouts and 57 innings pitch. People are hitting only 184 off of them. We knew he was really special. He went into that matchup against top 16 Ben Mesa last weekend. He pitched a gym, another double-digit strikeout performance. He's really stood out this year. The guy I wanted to highlight for y'all is a guy that you haven't heard maybe a lot about. He's playing out in Nebraska. Eddie Tavares Cabrera out of Peru State, man. 3180 RA. Four and two record, 39 and two-thirds innings pitch, 73 strikeouts, a 131 opponent average, 16.7K per nine. Here's the thing. That velo has been there for him. He's well into the nines, and I mean well into the nines. He's been absolutely fantastic this year for Peru State, and he's given his team a bunch of chances to win, just like Ray Diaz has for Marymount, California. So those are two guys that we wanted to highlight, and those are a bunch of pitchers around the nation who are absolutely shoving this year. Moving on to our freshman list. This is the first time we're doing this category, and we've mixed it up, hitters and pitchers. First guy we wanted to highlight, Noah Barks, Oklahoma City University, 388 average for him with 33 hits this season. Allen West at a Lion, have to mention him, 418 average, 46 hits this year. Matt Merrill out of USAO, 199 ERA, 49 and two-thirds innings pitch, 75 strikeouts. Chaz Adams over at IU Southeast, 146 ERA, 37 innings pitch, opponents hitting just 155 off of him. He's been fantastic for the Grenadiers this year. Shout out to Seth Graham and Bruton Parker, 416 average, 57 hits for him. It's a guy to watch out for down the road over at Bruton Parker. Cody McLean at Westmont, ERA below one, four saves on the year, 26 innings pitch, opponents hitting just over 200. And then Cy Stanley at Taylor with a 1.59 ERA in 22 and two thirds innings pitch. He's also got two saves on the season, 21 strikeouts, and a 132 opponent average. The guy I wanted to highlight, Cody, was Seth Graham, man, over at Bruton Parker, hitting 416, 57 hits, five home runs, 30 RBIs on the year. That's a big guy for Bruton Parker to have down the road. And he's definitely going to be a cornerstone if they want to build that program up. So shout out to Seth Graham, shout out to Bruton Parker. You know, that's incredible numbers for that guy, and, and it's going to be good for Bruton Parker, who's going to build up from here. Cody, man, tell me a little bit more about who you take. Yeah, I got to mention Allen West. He's been sensational. 32 starts on the season. He's hitting 418. He leads the team and hits an average. He has two home runs on the season already, 28 RBIs. He's been special. The younger brother of Kyle West, he comes in, and he's just really putting on a show. He looks like he has a bright future ahead of him. Another brand new category this year for us is relievers, relievers of the year. This is kind of a list of guys that we've taken so far this year and and really taken a hard look at. We'll start that list off with Parker Robinson over at Texas Wesleyan. Also take a look at Billy Brand over at Point with a no ERA there. Bailey Reed at Westmont with no ERA. Jared Manick 
at McPherson. 0.87 ERA, 1-0 record, seven saves in 20 and two-thirds innings pitch, 38 strikeouts and a 173 opponent average. And then David Padilla at Talladega. He's got a 2-4-1 ERA, but seven saves on the season, 18 and two-thirds innings pitch, 27 strikeouts. Talladega's beaten some really good teams this year. They've made a name for themselves, and Padilla has closed those games out. Cody, I will tell you first about Parker Robinson, man. The guy's been special for Bobby Garza's club and Texas Wesley, and they're doing some great things over there. He's pitched 41 in a third innings pitch, 1.31 ERA, 4-0 record, five saves on the year, 56 strikeouts in 41 innings, opponents hitting just 153. Quality guy, originally was a position player, moved over to pitch, and he has been absolutely fantastic this year out of the pen for Texas Wesleyan. Tell me a little bit more about Billy Brand, Cody. I mean, he's just been sensational. He has 10 saves on the season, yet to give up an earned run. People are only hitting 125 off of him, 16 strikeouts. Like I said, he's been locking down wins for the Skyhawks all year. Also, you know, I know we've covered two players, but we need to mention Bailey Reed. I mean, at Westmont, no ERA, 1-0 record, 8 saves, 12 innings pitch on the season. He's given up two hits in 12 innings, and in 12 innings has struck out 23 batters. His opponent average is .053. Just absolutely monstrous numbers. Absolutely ridiculous. And so that is our midseason watch list for awards. Again, guys, if you're listening in, you're a ball player at the NAI level. You got time. You got time. If you're going to postseason, you throw up some monster numbers in the postseason, you're going to get recognized and you got an opportunity. There's going to be some big-time players you know, that are going to come up here in the next two months that are going to have a huge final month of the season and then a huge postseason. But those are some of the guys that we wanted to highlight right now. Taking a look at some of our surprises from the last week, we start things off out in Nebraska. Once again, Concordia, Nebraska this time. They start GPAC play 8-0. You know what? And the reason that's a surprise is they weren't picked in the top four in the GPAC preseason rankings. They're 8-0 right now. Shout out to Concordia, Nebraska. HIU wins three of four against Westmont. Texas Wesleyan wins the series 2-1 over number five, Oklahoma City University. Warner is playing some absolutely fantastic baseball this season. Warner takes the series against St. Thomas. Union wins a slugfest versus St. Andrews, 24-14, to a football score there, Cody. How about this one? Ottawa out of Kansas and Tabor combined for 38 strikeouts in NAI game record. The previous record was Southeastern University versus Ave Maria at 35 strikeouts in a game for a 14-inning game. Get this, the Ottawa head coach, Gabe Grinder, was the pitching coach at the time of that game at Southeastern University. Sterling goes on to sweep OCU in a midweek series, 18-2 to and 5-3. to Big wins right there for Sterling. And then Goshen sweeps Taylor. Cody, man, this happened for the first time since 1964. What are the surprises of the week that stand out most to you? I think Hope International, they had a massive week. They're receiving votes nationally. You take three games off of then a top five team in the country in Westmont. I mean, they are just playing really good baseball. And then you mentioned Warner, another big series, taking St. Thomas. I don't know when the last time they did that was. Congrats to the Royals. They just continue to play well. 
Absolutely. And and definitely, again, shout out to Goshen. I mean, you sweep Taylor for the first time since 1964. We got to say that again. Uh, that that was incredible and, and just a huge job done over there. So congratulations to Goshen on their sweep of Taylor. No better time than right now to tell you about our sponsor, Silverback Sports, the official sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast, the Alpha in arm care and training essentials, premium and durable materials for individual and team use available always at shopsilverback.com. Guys, right now, you can get bands, you can get a mini trampoline rebounder and carry set, leather wrist weights, ballistic throwing balls and carry set. You can get arm care bundles, all of it at great prices, quality and durable material and arm care bundle right now, 70 bucks right now. Go to shopsilverback.com. That's shopsilverback.com and at shopsilverback on Twitter. Silverback Sports, their sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. Go check them out right now for coaches, by coaches. Unlock the Silverback in you. Now it's time for the NAI Ball Podcast Player of the Week. Cody, man, I'll get us kicked off here with our hitter of the week. Goes out to the Masters. We talked about LaPree. Now let's talk about the other Bash brother, Aaron Shackelford. Eight hits of his eight hits this weekend. Six were extra base hits. Three left the yard. Eight RBIs, four runs. But get this, he slugged a ridiculous 1.313. He's been absolutely mashing the ball all season. He's got 18 home runs. His partner in crime, LaPree, has 19 they can hit the ball a long way. And so Aaron Shackelford is our hitter of the week out of the Masters in California. Cody, man, tell us more about our pitcher of the week out of Midland. Our pitcher of the week this week is Midland Warriors starting pitcher Andy Snook. Nine innings pitch, only two hits given up, no runs, but 19 strikeouts. To my knowledge, that's a season high. I have not seen a higher total this season. Congratulations to Andy Snook. Just a dominant performance. 19 strikeouts versus Dort for Andy Snook. What an accomplishment. What, I mean, what a game. Gives up two hits, strikes out 19, and pitches nine innings. So congratulations to Andy Snook at Midland and Aaron Shackelford at the Masters. They are your NAI Ball Podcast Players of the Week nationwide. Always looking for guys. You can message us on Twitter at any time, RobG1063, or at NAI Ball. What games and series do you need to be watching this week? Well, we're going to tell you right now. William Jessup versus Hope International out west. will keep things out west with Vanguard and Arizona Christian. Cumberland, Tennessee will take on Georgetown. The University of British Columbia, Canada's team will play LCSC, Lewis Clark State. Huntington versus Mount Vernon Nazarene. Northwestern Iowa versus Morningside. Our Lady of the Lake and LSU Shreveport. That's pushed up a day. That'll start on Thursday. LSUA. LSU Alexandria will take on Texas A&M University at Texarkana. Bryan versus Union. Faulkner versus Mobile. William Penn, Peru State. Olivet Nazarene versus St. Francis out of Illinois. Concordia, Ann Arbor. And Uno, Baker, Benedictine, St. Thomas University, and Weber International. Cody, really quickly, man, give me a few games that you're going to be keeping eyes on this weekend. Uh, we'll start it off. British Columbia, they got to make that trip back to Lewiston. They took the series over the Warriors earlier in the year. We'll see how they do on the road. Cumberland-Georgetown's a really good matchup in the Mid-South. And those two GSAC matchups, William Jessup, Hope International, Vanguard, ACU, 
Absolutely. William Jessup Hope International, something to keep an eye on out west later in the day if you're on the East Coast, uh, as well as University of British Columbia, Lewis Clark State. For myself, just up the road, I say up the road, but four hours north of me, Our Lady of Lake in San Antonio, Texas, will take on LSU Shreveport. I wish I could have been there, but unfortunately, you know, pushing that series up to, to beat the weather, that series will start on Thursday. That's one I'm going to keep an eye on heavily, as well as Brian taking on Union, William Penn versus Peru State. William Penn playing some awesome baseball this year. Peru State, Eddie Tavares Cabrera playing, pitching the ball very well. Want to watch that matchup. And then St. Thomas University and Weber International is always a great one. That's a rematch of a, a great matchup earlier in the year, as well as last year's Sun Conference Tournament Championship game. So definitely, definitely, definitely going to be keeping an eye on that one out in Florida. It's now time for the Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. What are the two biggest series in the nation this week? We'll kick things off in the River States Conference. IU Southeast, IU Kokomo, IU Southeast, the Grenadiers are 23-10 and 10 on the season. They are 12-3 and 3 in the River States Conference. IU Kokomo, 24-9 on the year, 12-3 and 3 in the RSC. So who exactly are the players to watch in this Series will start things off for the Grenadiers with Brody Tanksley. 362 average, 34 hits, and 18 RBIs. Clay Wiesty, 364 average, 39 hits, 8 doubles for him. Cody Maloon, 325 average, 38 hits, 4 home runs, 26 RBIs. And then pitcher Chaz Adams, a 1-4-6 ERA, 5-1 record, 37 innings pitch, 35 strikeouts, opponents hitting just 155 off of him. Also, shout out to Kyle Hawkins, 127 ERA, four saves on the year, 21 and third innings pitch, 17 strikeouts, opponents hitting below 200 at 183. For IU Kokomo, Jared Hurd, 330 average, 32 hits, five home runs, 28 RBIs. Austin Weiler hitting 329, 25 hits on the year for him, four home runs, 25 RBIs. Noah Dar, 288 on the season for him, two long balls and 20 RBIs. The pitchers for IU Kokomo to keep an eye on. Owen Callaghan, 159 ERA, 3-1 record, 40 strikeouts on the year in just 28 and a third innings pitch. And then Justin Reed with a 1-3-8 ERA, 4-0 record, 17 strikeouts. Opponents hitting just 196 on him. Cody, this is the battle to be the top in the RSC. Give me a little bit of a breakdown on it. I'm just really looking forward to it. You know, it's Kokomo's second year of baseball. For them to be 24-9, and tied for first place in the conference, that's super impressive. IU Southeast, they've been a top-two team in the RSC three years in a row. You know, they are a perennial power in the River States. So this is a big matchup for Kokomo. they got to go on the road to IUS. It's a huge matchup. I'm really looking forward to this one. The Grenadiers took two or three last year. We'll see what happens in 2019. Will definitely be a great series between IU Southeast and IU Kokomo. Now the big series of the week, the one that the nation should be watching. It's the Silverback Sports National Series of the Week. And it goes to the Appalachian Athletic Conference. Tennessee Wesleyan, Truett McConnell, they will battle it out. The Bulldogs of Tennessee Wesleyan, 31-6 and on the season, 11-4 and in the Appalachian Athletic Conference. Truett McConnell's 22-9, and 13-2 in the AAC. Let's break it down for you. Let's take a look at the players to watch. First for Tennessee Wesley and the team average of 316, a team ERA at 326. The hitters to watch Dan Fry, 365 average, 42 hits, six home runs, 27 RBIs. Max Drazier, 
380 average, five home runs, 24 RBIs. And then Braden Mosley, 358 for him. 12 home runs, 39 RBIs. The pitchers to watch, Jack Granith with a 196 ERA, 5-1 record. He's even got two saves. And then Cole Belair with a 227 ERA, 7-1 record, 47 and two-thirds innings pitch, and 54 strikeouts. For Truett McConnell, the team average is 301 with a team ERA of 514. The hitter to watch is Austin Bishop. 433 average, 52 hits, two long balls, 27 RBIs. Josh Johnson, 395 with 47 hits, four balls hit out of the yard with 29 RBIs. And then Patrick Overstreet right at 300 on 30 hits in 100 at-bats, 24 RBIs. Greg Elder Jr., you got to watch him. 315 ERA, 4-0 record, 40 innings pitch, 69 strikeouts, 177 opponent average. Cason Brown as well, 338. ERA, 7-1 record, 56 innings pitch. Not going to strike a lot of guys out, but he's gotten absolute great results. 7-1 record on the year, really good, a lot better than I mean, most of the guys in the nation right now. So that is our National Big Series of the Week. Cody, man, break it down for me because Tennessee Wesleyan at one point was way down in that AAC standings list, and now all of a sudden, here they are, just two games behind Truett McConnell. That Tennessee Wesleyan, you know, they're always going to be atop that AAC standings. Every year in May, when it comes down to it, they're going to be there. Truett McConnell, they've done an outstanding job. This was a sub-500 baseball team last year. They got swept by Tennessee Wesleyan. They gave up 34 runs in a game to Tennessee Wesleyan last year. So for them to be in the position where they are right now, they're two games above first place, 22-9 and nine on the season. They're playing really well. I think they have two really good pitchers in Elder and Cason Brown. They get to host this series against Tennessee Wesleyan. So they'll get these three games at home. They're two games above. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this one goes. This is a big weekend for both teams. Yeah, it's going to be a huge series. I'm I'm absolutely pumped for that one because Truett McConnell, you've got an opportunity. You're, you're ranked for the first time. You've got an opportunity to make a statement to the nation and really establish your baseball program in, in a weekend. And while it's not built all in one weekend, you've got the opportunity to set that building block right now. Tennessee Wesleyan is a powerhouse. At the very beginning of the season, they were the team that I said, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised they won at all. They've played really, really well a lot of this year. They have the record to back it up. They're 31-6. and You don't do that by accident. They've got a talented baseball team. This is going to be a huge series. And again, that is brought to you by Silverback Sports. So before we get going, we want to tell you about next week's show. And joining us on next week's show from the American Baseball Coaches Association, the college liaison and the host, of Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, Mr. Jeremy Sheetinger, NAI product himself, made in the NAI, will join us here on the NAI Ball podcast. Pumped to talk to him. Absolutely looking forward to it. Cody, man, before we go, give me your final thoughts on this week's show. Give me your final thoughts on this week's action. Give me your final thoughts on what's coming up. Well, first, I just want to say I'm praying for everyone in the South Bend community. We're praying for Cooper Hake and Marty Ewing. They'll definitely have our thoughts and prayers with you. Uh, I'm glad to be back on the show this week. We had a small hiatus last week, but I'm glad to be talking more NAI baseball. And I'm just really looking forward to this weekend. It is going to be a great weekend of NAI baseball. I am absolutely looking forward to it as always. Again, for all your new stat scores, information from around the nation, Mr. Cody Butler's got you covered at NAI ball on Twitter. That's at NAI ball on Twitter. Also on Facebook. All you got to do is search NAI ball. Shout out to our sponsor, Silverback Sports. Follow them at ShopSilverback, shopsilverback.com as well for some of the best arm care 
material in the nation, quality stuff that they've got going on at shopsilverback.com. And for myself, the host, Robbie Gutierrez, you can find me at robg 1063 on Twitter. Shoot me a message. Let's talk some NAI baseball. Again, thanks to Brent LaValle for joining us on the show. And until next time, have a great day and an even better tomorrow. Hey guys, Robbie Gutierrez here, host of the NAI Ball Podcast. Let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports was created by coaches and for coaches. They are supplying over 100 colleges around the nation with bands and ballistic plyo balls in throwing and hitting sets. On top of it all, they now offer mini rebounders and leather wrist weights. They have top quality products at affordable prices. Find it all at shopsilverback.com and follow them on Twitter at Shop Silverback. Silverback Sports, the alpha in arm care and training essentials.